Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Liverpool wins the 2022 EFL Cup final. Phil Foden's late winner for City overshadowed by controversial handball by Rodri. Leeds part ways with Marcelo Bielsa after defeat to Spurs at Ellen Road. Man United are held goalless at Old Trafford and West Ham picks up a massive three points in the race for the top four. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. Good stuff, mate. And obviously we want to get into the football, but I think first it'd be wrong of us not to uh, at least talk about the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the scenes and the feeling we had around the English Premier League and Premier League clubs this weekend. There was a lot of support for the Ukrainians with flags, with support, with, with, with people um, clapping and supporting. And certainly some of the players, Rob, when you think of certainly the Everton-Manchester City game, Alexander, Alexander Zinchenko, Vitaly Mikolenko, sort of embracing on the halfway line, very emotional with tears, both in eyes and, and their thought towards, you know, what's happening in their country, family and friends, and they must be, you know, you can't even bear to think uh, what must be going through their mind as, as these players um, face this, this uh, really, really difficult time. Yeah, I thought that the hug was particularly touching, Rob, of all the things that we saw and, and then the tears in the eyes of uh, Zinchenko every time this, the camera seemed yeah. to go on to him, mm. um, was probably the strongest image of it. Uh, but, but throughout the weekend, Rob, the, the players coming out with flags around them, players yeah. coming out with the T-shirts on. You know, bunches of fans with all the holding the flags up in certain sections of certain stadiums around the Premier League. So, obviously, a, a, a incredibly sad situation we're experiencing right now. But football, as ever, will react to it. You know, the fans yeah. will, and the clubs will Probably, get behind yeah. players involved, and the Ukrainian players, of course, that we've talked about in the Premier League. Um, Yarmolenko as well at West Ham United. Rob has been mm. allowed some time off. Yeah, Declan um, Rice had his shirt, didn't he, today, which I thought was a really right. nice touching touch uh, for the West Ham and, and the captain. Yeah. Also in the news, Rob, real quick, is the yeah. um, is Chelsea Football Club. Yeah. Um, of course, you know, uh, Roman Abramovich, we know as the owner of this club, has been the owner mm. for many, many years. Yeah. Um, it's been, an, it's been it seemed to be increased scrutiny, Rob, given yeah, this invasion by Putin and 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 alleged links in the past to the Russian leader. Um, mm. The club came out, well, the owner, actually, Abramovich, did yeah. come out with a statement. Yeah, he came out with a statement yesterday. And, and what I would say, Rob, before I just read the statement, it's very rare for Abramovich to say mm. anything in, in the media in the 20 years, virtually, that he's been in, in charge. But yesterday he did come out and he said, during my 20-year ownership of Chelsea SC, I have always viewed my role as a custodian of the club, whose job it is to ensure that we are successful as we can be today as well as build for the future while playing a positive role in our communities i've always taken decisions with the club's best interest at heart i remain committed to these values that's why i'm going to be giving the trustees of chelsea's charitable foundation the stewardship and that's a really important word the stewardship and care of chelsea fc i believe that they are currently in the best position to look after the interests of the club players staff and fans. So that came out yesterday, Rob, and I think the thought was many people were just saying, is this a safe place for, for Abramovich to put the football club, maybe distance himself from at uh, the moment and take a little bit of the heat out of the situation? Well, that's what he's trying to do, Rob. I mean, obviously, he still is the owner of the yeah. club. There's nothing changed there. Just the stewardship is mm. being uh, attempted to be handed over. We're not sure. There's some reports today that the, you know, the charitable foundation is not um, certain they, they can actually yeah. legally do that and that yeah. will be an ongoing situation a further club statement um, on the conflict in Ukraine Rob I'll read out real quick and short is you know it just says here the situation in Ukraine is horrific and devastating Chelsea Football Club's thoughts are with everyone in Ukraine everyone at the club is praying for peace now we don't want to get into the details of these statements and what they mean um, that there's plenty of MPs in the UK that, have, that are involved in this and have hinting at stuff that's not been said in these statements mm. that they want to hear from Roman yeah, Abramovich. Abramovich. Yeah, um, yeah. I think they're, they're wanting him to take this further to, to, to make bigger statements than are being right. made at the moment. And this is going to be a, a very much fluid, ongoing situation, uh, Robert, with Chelsea, high-profile London club, very much in, in the spotlight. And I'm sure that there's going to be more news on that, which we will monitor 
as we move along. Mm. So uh, obviously we'll keep our, our eyes open for that. And, mm. you know, I just think let's send our best wishes to everybody out in, in Ukraine and, and hope there's an end to, to this, um, to this mm. very quickly. Yeah, it's a tough transition, Rob, back to football. Yeah. Um, and also back to Chelsea Football Club. Mm. Uh, they lost out in the League Cup final. We've just finished yeah. watching it to Liverpool <laughs> in a pretty extraordinary day, actually. It, mm. where, where if you think about the game, you think about the penalty situation, you think about some of the stuff that we saw, some of the shots, some of the chances, some of the saves, yeah. and the penalties going right through to the goalkeeper. It was an extraordinary game of football. Um <laughs> I mean, just in big pictures, I can't remember seeing a cup final or a game, yeah. particularly involving two giants of the game, Rob, with brilliant players, with so many chances. And so not, open, not even, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, but amazing chances, like yeah. through on goal, and there's yeah. nobody else around, and they, and they still didn't manage to score. And some brilliant goalkeeping. Yeah. We have a, goal, a goalkeeping stuff that we'll talk about a little later mm. in this chat, Rob, but the goalkeeping of Mendy. Yeah, who was brilliant, Kepa, and then he's yeah. subbed out mm. for Kepper, who's got mm. this record. But I mean, just give me some of your thoughts, Rob, on uh, um, on the actual game before we get to the the penalty stuff. Chelsea started the game better. Uh, yeah. I thought created opportunities. Pulisic looked looked dangerous at that front three with Mount in for Ziyech. Uh There was no Romelu Lukaku. That was you mm. know the big news. We debated whether he would he wouldn't he. He didn't yeah. start him. He started with Havertz, uh, Mount and, and Pulisic, who caused problems early on. And my first takeaway is that if one of the things about this this Chelsea team, and certainly probably more pertinent to the attack, they've got to get killer in, inside the 18-yard box. Killer inside the 18-yard box puts them possibly 2-0 ahead. And I know Liverpool had chances. And I know the game opened up. But the Pulisic chance that comes across early, he should finish. He should finish that, Rob. He should go across the keeper with one touch, killer, and find the back of net. Mo Salah-style killer. Mason Mount breaks through from midfield and has a shot. He can readjust his body. He's not got to go for power. He's just got to redirect. He's got to have killer. He's got to have killer instinct if he's going to get 10-plus goals a season and Chelsea are going to compete for titles. There's that part of the game... I would say with that front three, and, and that possibly includes Luke Orko at times, that stands out as a difference between City team, Liverpool's team and Chelsea's team. I mean, there's so many chances, Rob. It's even difficult at the end of it to, to think back at who had the most great... I mean, there's so many great chances. I mean, Liverpool had brilliant chances. Well, we expect them to Yeah, but we know Liverpool seller. will take chances on a regular basis of the top scorers <clears throat> in the league. One of Chelsea's big issues, and we've talked yeah. about, is uh, goals yeah. around the team and, and the mentality yeah. of the goals around the team. And that's the point I'm trying to make there, that yeah. there's got to be a better, there's got to be a change of mentality. Mason Mount has got to become a, a Frank Lampard-esque killer when he's in the box and finally back thought, in the net. I thought that Mount's chances were, were, were much easier than Pulisic's, actually. I know what you're saying, and mm. I know what you mean about the killer finishing. I thought that was... I thought it came across pretty quickly. I thought it got a good yeah. contact on it. Interesting. I would have preferred I, I, Pulisic's chance than the other two. Really? I think Pulisic, yeah, because there's that well, much Mount, on the ball, Mount Rob. Goes I, don't, I don't have to do anything with that ball, but redirect it. it everything's it on came it. A, I just thought it, cost, it came across pretty quickly. I thought, you know, he just got it. The pace on the ball himself. helps you because now you, you just angle in your foot and you just diverting it. You know, you don't have to do anything else. You don't have to kick through it or aim it. you just got to sort of clip it away from the keeper. Even even when Mount goes through mm. and everybody's waiting for him to score, he's, yeah. there's nobody around him and he gets yeah. it a little bit caught under his feet and hits the post. Yeah, I, think, I mean, he's got to take a touch. He's got to be a little bit more composed. <clears throat> but, mm. I mean, listen, we, we're, we're splitting hairs on. There, there was chances. I think the point is made about, what, you know, they've got to become more killer instincts in, in around yeah. that box. But, you know, then Liverpool came into it and started to play well. And I thought Luis, Luis Diaz, again, is is a gift that's going to keep growing for Liverpool. He, he, his understanding, his intelligence, his link-up play with his teammates after such, such a short time. I thought it was a big day for him, Rob. And, and, and we'll talk about, obviously, the result. But I thought at the end, coming to a football club a few weeks away, and yeah. he's won some already. He's won. He's been part of a winning group already. Hmm. No, it's got to feel good. And the scenes afterwards with the, the team collecting the trophy yeah. and the manager, you know, it's 
It's a, yeah, I'm sure it's amazing. Unfortunately, I went, I went, I was in that situation three times and lost every time. So I, I don't know what it feels like to lift a trophy. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, just switching back to Chelsea, Rob. But just we talk about the forward play, and I totally agree. It's a good point about the the the, the ruthless nature of the finishing of Chelsea. You need to find. Mm. I still thought that the front three enjoy playing with each other, Rob. I think that, and, and of course, take out the chances that should have been scored. Some of the combination play, some of the chances created with Havertz and Pulisic, I thought was bright again in that in mm-hmm. his favourite yeah. position behind the striker. Uh, Mason Mount missed his chances. So, yes, of course, the finishing was, was not good enough. But I still kind of like that front three a little more than when you see Lukaku there, who came into the game later on, mm. took his penalty well at the end. But I, I think the manager will probably stick with these three for a little while until Ziyech comes back um, because I think Chelsea look a little more lively, better movement with those three up there than, than Lukaku and others. Does that, does that start to cause, I mean, as we've talked about Chelsea Football Club and being under the spotlight for other reasons, but does that, does that, I wouldn't say cause a problem, but, but does that allow everybody to keep saying every week, spend $100 million on Lukaku and he's only sitting on the bench. Does that keep coming up? Does that negative, well, that negativity, yeah, be, be anchored to the club and, and, and can be a bit of a weight all of a sudden on, on the team because then the front three are playing better and look more fluid and, as you say, seem like they, they enjoy playing together. But then they've got to keep scoring because if then it's like, well, when's Lukaku going to get his chance? How long is he going to sit there and be patient? Is at some point you're going to blow up and then say, right, if I'm not playing, I want to get out of here. I just, not a good, just not a good situation for, 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 for Chelsea. It's not. Do you, do you think, Rob? And this is all assuming that Chelsea finish the season pretty well. Yeah. You know, there's no real drama, and they finish wherever they're going to finish third or whatever, Obviously, and they have a good run yeah. at the Champions mm-hmm. League. And Thomas Tuchel is set to stay on. Yeah. I think it's really interesting to see what Lukaku does between now and the end of the season. If he gets another run in the team, Rob. Yeah. Which, he, which I'm sure he will. Yeah. Another yeah. run in the team as a number nine, mm-hmm. and we see a similar type of performance. He'll come off if he's not doing the business. Yeah. Could we see him leave in the summer? Would mm-hmm. it make sense, assuming that Tuchel's going to stay on with the same yeah. style and approach? Yeah. And a, you know, yeah. would it? W- I feel like that so. would be a, a reasonable outcome. Sell, get 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 mm-hmm. plenty of money, and and, and yeah. go in a different direction. Is that possible? Absolutely, I, I think so. I think if the money's right, I think Chelsea are that kind of football club. They'll do it with managers. They do it with players. If you don't matter how big you are. It's not quite mm. happening for you. They'll, they'll move you on. I think they'll try and get you know as much as the money back that, that, that they can uh, in this market. That might be more difficult. But yeah, I think it's a good point. I think I think both Romelu has to decide does he want to stick out at Chelsea and continue to have to prove himself to a certain point, or and does the manager feel that he wants to stay with with Lukaku and see if he, he can be the, the missing piece and work with him to integrate him better in the side. You know, two big personalities at the football club, two big characters. I don't think at this stage of Lukaku's career, Rob, and there's a World Cup coming up at the end of this year, that he's going to be happy yeah. in and out of a team, kind of not really leading a line. And then you, what, you're going to go to Belgium and, and be the main man? It just feels awkward. Let, let me just throw this in as well, Rob, something I read from a former teammate of mine before we get to Liverpool and the penalty mm. stuff for the goalkeeper mm. situation. Just on Lukaku, before we move on, um, Fabrizio Ravanelli, yeah. a big Italian striker, played for Juventus, mm-hmm. won the Champions League, national team player, played with us for some seasons over Middlesbrough in England, of course. I read a quote from him about Lukaku <clears throat> saying he's mentally weak, psychologically weak. He struggled with criticism of Man United, wanted out. He's struggling with the pressure and the expectations at Chelsea and he's not doing it. He's mentally weak. I mean, very, very strong from Fabrizio. Mm. Um, is there something in that, Rob, where he, if he's not the top man and things aren't going for him, then he'll, he'll find excuses or he'll sulk a little bit or you won't get a, a, a fighting Lukaku. I mean, it, it seems very strong and, and harsh mm. for me, but it does make you think, well, Man United, why didn't it work out? If he's that great a player, why wasn't he popular? Why didn't he... You know, maybe do better and score more goals than we thought. And why, why is he not popular? I think that's a difficult. Popular. What What's popular mean? What do you mean by popular with the fans? Popular with the players? Pop. I don't know. Yeah. What What's I, I, well? I think what I mean by popular 
nobody was bothered about relieving Rob United. Nobody bothered about look. I mean, it wasn't just wasn't a big story that he was going to leave the football club. He never mm. hid it off there, Rob. See, see I, 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 is it no, too I, I don't from... probably take that. No, I don't. Only that. Listen, he's played a, a top class football in a number of teams. He was a kid coming in at, at Everton, West Brom. We've seen at Manchester United. He's been into Milan. Uh, was very successful um, in the right set, and, and maybe that's what uh, Ravenel is trying to say. The setup's right, and things are built around him. He can be a million dollars, but maybe not. When it's not, you could no. say that. I could possibly say that of a number of, of strikers, certainly in the Premier League and across leagues all around Europe and the world. That certain situations he looked great, other times he looked. Sebastian Allaire couldn't couldn't hit Bon door. And, and all of a sudden he goes to Ajax and, and scores loads of goals. Is he mentally weak or is it a setup? Well, I think so, it's a combination so, of the Man United experience and the Chelsea experience. That's where he's yeah, saying the, it, I the, the two. I mean, but then you can't leave out the Inter experience where he was excellent, where his game developed, where he was he was fit and focused. Listen, he. I'm not saying he doesn't. He maybe needs handling a certain way, and that's very true of many many players, top ones. From Ronaldo's down to lower league and and and, and centre forwards are very very different breed. We've all played with them. Some mm. you've got to cajole, keep your, your arm over because they'll get your goals. Some you've got to give a bit of a, a rocket to and, and and get under under them. I think at times and 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 the Ravenelli, I think he becomes an easy target, Lukaku. I think people like 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 you could. I don't particularly see anybody saying Harry Kane's mentally weak when he wasn't scoring goals in the first half of the season. Mm. Oh, we had the move and that was playing on his mind and all that stuff. Mm. But mm. I, I just, I'm, I'm a bit uncomfortable with the, oh, like, oh Lukaku, yeah, he, he isn't that guy. Oh, he can't handle it. He, he handled it pretty well at Inter. He started the season handling it well. Something didn't go well. The, the interview was, was ill-informed and, and badly advised and that didn't help. But, He's still a top-class player in there, Rob, and it's Chelsea's job and Tuchel's job, yeah. having paid the money, to get it out of him. Just in talking of big decisions, uh, Rob, yeah. I think we can agree that Edward Mendy in the game was mm. sensational. <laughs> when Marnie went through to, to score seemingly into an open goal, oh. I didn't even know how physically... Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how it flicks off his hand when he's so low and the ball yeah, goes, over, goes the over the top. What do you think about him getting subbed out at the end? We've seen this before with... with yeah, freak of nature. Um, it's obviously predetermined. He obviously, whether accepts it, but understands it. You know, Kepa's coming in, Pepper goes inside, has his warm-up, probably looks through his notes of the penalty takers, body blah, 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 all the preparation that goes now. And I'm not... This isn't hindsight, Rob, because it's easy to, to say. And we've watched mm. the game uh, not together today. Um, you were at home. I was in the studio. So uh, I watched the game. And as I'm happening, in my head, I'm thinking, it's bad decision, this. To me, it's a bad decision. And, it worked and I'll before, didn't it? I feel, I feel like it worked before. No, and, OK. And, and just let me tell you why I think it's a bad decision. Mm. It's absolutely worked before. And I get the reason why you would you would post, you would do it. Let's say you know Tuckles decided Tuckles decided mm. this is what they're going to do, mm. based on the the guy comes in makes good say. So who does it affect when he comes in? This is what I, if you were here, I was going to say to you, who who does this affect most? Does this affect Chelsea's confidence that we've got our guy now and he's going to save one, or does it affect Liverpool's confidence? Like ooh, they've got their guy in there and now it's even harder for us. Let's just say it's the Liverpool scenario. They, they, he's getting into the head of the Liverpool guys. The, the reality of what happened is he didn't save any and he got close to a couple. The reality of the game was, Rob, Mendy was like Superman in that goal. If, 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 if Mendy's in that goal based on what he's done in the, in the 120 minutes before, I'd be more worried that he's going to pull off a worldie somewhere. Because he's yeah. on one of those days. I, I agree. Way more than Kepa is going to maybe come up with one regular table trying to get in the in the head of Liverpool players. Every Liverpool player, after they scored, almost looked at him to say, is that it? Is, is that what you've got? Because if I do what I do well, you're talking about top-class technicians, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Jota, Salah, Fabinho. I mean, they ain't giving him a chance. I, I think you know it's tough to criticize something that's worked before. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. But, but my, I know. No, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm yeah. like, blimmin' You watch Mendy come off, and you think, God, he's had such a stellar game. Mm. I mean, surely, you know. I mean, he's massive as well, by the way. So I know <laughs> yeah. Kemba's a spe- you know, a specialist, yeah. whatever. 
But I just think the confidence that he must have, the feeling of invincibility, the feeling mm. that throughout that 120 minutes, Rob, that no one's mm. going to get a ball past me. You, yeah. I, I think I want him in my goal for penalties. Yeah, I, 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 I a million percent want him in my goal. And, and a million percent would, more, would worry more with him in the goal if I'm the opposition than mm. I would, though they brought the specialist on. Okay, well, I'll still take my penalty where I normally take it. Let's see if the specialist gets near it. I don't know. And listen, it's obviously pre uh, conceived that it was going to happen. Both um, goalkeepers knew, kind of knew, both keep, keepers accepted. The rest of the team seemed to know about it. So, absolutely. And if it works, it's, it's, you know, it's brilliant from Tuchel because it doesn't work in Capet over the top. Yeah. I'm not criticizing Tuchel. I'm just giving him, giving my football feel of what happened. And, and it's one of them, Rob. Let's just say you were Tuchel. And you saw Mendy having that day. Would you? Do you think there's a part of you that should be able to say, Capitz, not today? Well, that's that's the emotional side of it, right? And, yeah. and Tuchel, and you know, we we we, we stereotype certain coaches from certain mm. countries, like mm. it's everything's kind of pre-planned yeah. and this is yeah. what's going to happen. Mm. And, and 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 again, I'm not super critical of it because no. it's worked before, and, and, yeah. and whatever they feel that's the best way of winning. But there's the emotional side of it, Rob, and the feeling mm. side of it. And yeah. I wonder, you know, I say that about about Tuchel. I wonder if Klopp would have, you know, you just sort of think, oh, he's having a day. He's having yeah. a day, and I think yeah, I'd yeah. want him out there at mm. six foot, six feet five, I think, is yeah. or six six, to 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 continue to have such a great day. Let's switch it around to Liverpool, Rob, real quick, because Kevin yeah. Kelleher, um, yeah, what a game he had, by the way, the youngster. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and, you know, you, you can you can say, well, why isn't Alisson in goal? Mm. Yeah. The number one goalkeeper. This is a major trophy that Liverpool and Klopp wants and needs to win. The fans are there. And by the way, what an amazing atmosphere. What an amazing Fun. final. Yeah. I mean, it was it was top class, superb stuff. And, and yeah. Keller, the young goalkeeper, had a brilliant game, made some great saves, many yeah. saves, does his thing, sticks his penalty away. I mean, another trophy for Klopp, Rob. Yeah. Um, brilliant penalties, I've got to say, from, from all the players, apart mm. from that last one, from Kepper, of course, blasts it over the top. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, Liverpool's kind of not rise again, but this period of success under, yeah. under Jurgen Klopp with his team is in a mm. great sweet spot the last two or three years. Yeah, is continuing, and trophies help, yeah. and trophies are such great for for the football club all around. My buddy from from Massachusetts, yeah, flown with his son, you know, in the, in that stadium to watch that, and I'm like, mm. he's not replied, obviously not replied to me. Like, wow, enjoy that with yeah. with your son yeah. in that environment yeah. to go and watch Liverpool. My goodness, it, that looked like a fun game to be at. Yeah, I read a couple of, uh, of um, articles actually last night ahead of the game and what it meant. And, and it, there was there was one of the journalists so I thought made quite a valid point. Was sort of saying, listen, we recognise how good Liverpool are, but the great teams and the great Liverpool teams kept winning trophies. And almost like that's what Klopp's got to do. So mm. this group's remembered in that kind of similar mm, vein that you yeah. know trophies, 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 and 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 they are getting that. And the Callagher thing, I think, was is quite interesting, Rob, because I think. As much as, like you say, probably I would have gone Alisson because I think, well, we want to win the Cup and that. He's getting this kid through some big moments as well. And he's getting to a point where if and when he yeah. has to rely on him, he's going to be ready, this young boy. He's in, any, in any situation. Yeah, in any he's situation. He's organising, he comes and punch. He's had a big moment today, scores the goal. You know, the one... The, 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 Keppers goes over the top, and he's he's very much part of it, it, it within the group now, and that's hugely important. So, yeah, another good day for Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp in a League Cup to go with it. Now they'll concentrate mm-hmm. on the uh, Premier League and Champions League. For Chelsea, they're going to have to adjust themselves down. Obviously, um, a bit of a shadow over the club at the moment. You, you know, Thomas Tuchel's got to make sure he keeps a focus on the football and the, um, the important things that he can keeping under his control and, and then we'll wait and see what else come, comes on. Mm. Let's move it, mate, to Goodison Park, where we had a um, a very good game, actually. I really enjoyed this one. Uh, Everton against Manchester City, an Everton team that were bang under pressure after a couple of poor results and Frank Lampard very much under the spotlight against the Man City team. Just got beaten by Spurs and the gap down to three and people saying it's just a, a, a little wobble. Um, it was one of those games where... I, I actually came away with a better feel of Everton from the game in terms of we, we've said, you know, about Frank and he said, I thought they had good energy, thought they played with intensity, thought they were well set up, thought they showed they were bright in uh, Wobie and uh, Anthony Gordon in the wide areas, they created one or two chances. Um, and I thought there's, there's absolutely something to build on 
for Everton if they are going to get caught up in this rele- uh, relegation challenge. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the way that Everton came to play, Rob. You know, mm. I think, and towards the end of the game, you see that, well, maybe not towards the end of the game, for large periods of the game, City had that same kind of control. I mean, you're watching yeah. Man City, Rob, when they're trying to find a winning goal. I feel like when I'm watching it, I've seen the same mm. situation hundreds of times. Mm. I, I've never known a team that when you watch them, the rhythm, the flow of the game ends up being exactly what they yeah, want, yeah. but yeah. it always happens. Possession, possession, work round side, try and get in behind. Go. I mean, but Everton, to be fair, in big parts of this game, mm. went toe-to-toe, tried yeah. to play, counter-attacked, went forward, mm-hmm. tried to press them, didn't just sit in and were defensive. And that and 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 the, the way that it was so difficult for, for City to find a way through is credit to the way that they did that because it's not yeah. easy to be expansive to attack a team like City yeah. and still be strong defensively. Yeah. Michael Keane, I mean, listen, it's late. I'm sure he's exhausted. He couldn't move his feet. No. Like, and Foden scores the, 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 the winning goal there late in the game. We'll get on yeah. to talk about the incident in a second. Yeah. Um, it's just scary if you're an Everton fan. And I know there's plenty of things that scared Everton over the years, and particularly mm. this season, where they are in the league table right now. Now, they've yeah. got games in hands on, on those above them. Yeah. You know, Leeds United, we'll talk about next. Um, Brentford are, are, are falling like a stone as well. Mm. And I think, back to your reaction, if Everton have this kind of energy and this kind of um, ambition in games, mm. I think they're going to be okay with the quality yeah. that they've got. But yeah. this is, a, I mean, a very testing time for, for the club and for Frank Lampard, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Um, but again, you know, this was a game that quite easily could have been a draw. And I think we have to get to to the point. And, and it's one of those where, first of all, Rob, as, as broadcasting, obviously you weren't on the show today, we have mm. to apologise to, to the Everton fans because we were kind of given a bit of almost false information in terms of the goal situation. And I'll just quickly run through the scenario that we see um, the incident with Rodri with the handball. The game's allowed to play on. And then the referee obviously is being told whether it was a handball or not by VAR. And then he points for a, an offside. So we're led to believe the offside has happened before the handball. So we don't even have to worry about the handball because mm. the offside is first. Then we write to the PGMOL, who's the Referees Association, for some clarification of the fact. And they said to us, well, actually, the referee didn't see the incidents with the handball now, which is fine. But why didn't the VAR tell him to, to go and have a look? But they were suggesting that the first offside that we thought was Richarlison wasn't. That was he was onside. And there was an offside after the handball. That's why the game restarted with uh, oh, a free kick mm. from there. So, bad communication through the VAR and PGMOL. Poor delivery from us in terms of giving out the wrong information, which we apologised for. And um, we did try and clear it up today and just to, to prove the point. But the, the it doesn't take away from VAR not doing its job then, Rob. Because if, if Chris Cabinet yes. is in, in the VAR booth and is looking... Five, six, seven times, it's taking two to two and a half minutes. If a ball that hits Rodri on his bicep, way below the line, it's the most, it's the most clear penalty you'll ever see. And he doesn't ask Paul Tierney, the referee, to go over. Knowing that, he, that they've said it's not the first offside's not. I know. And he, I know. he doesn't ask the referee to at least go to the monitor. Let's have a look at this. He's already said, well, it's not a clear and obvious error. There's no uh, evidence to, to overturn the decision is, I think, a shocking, shocking decision. It is a shocking decision, Rob. It's funny because I didn't see this game live. I met my son at his birthday and I met him uh, in down in the city. Um, of course, but I'm always on my phone, like, what's yeah. going on? Like, all this drama and stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'll take a look at it. And when I get home, of course, I watch the whole game uh, later the, on the evening. And it's still hard to know when you look at it again what was going on and, and what yeah, the decision yeah. was and, and who was at fault. And, and we assume that Richarlison was offside because of, I mean, you're absolutely right. You, and, and I've watched the broadcast this morning, Rob, and it's great. You did a great job of actually yeah. that wasn't offside. That's yeah. the one on the far side, which looks super tight anyway. Yeah. It looks yeah, super tight yeah. anyway. But, mm. but, 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 you know, of the reaction of it, of PGML, I'm, I'm amazed not saying that they look for ways out, but it would have been easier if they said, well, actually, Richarlison was offside. Yeah. 
And still, they said, well, actually, it wasn't, which is fair enough if, if that's what they got, the yes. angles, they got yeah. better angles than we've got. Mm. Um, but but it wasn't a clear and obvious error. What? I mean, that's, the, not, that's but, the only yeah. thing that everybody how, agrees on. It was hit it, it, from the angles. How can and, and Kevin, a, a referee, Rob, look at that, the number of times you see it, the your angles you see it, and not even <laughs> at the least ask the referee to come and look. And then here, here let me tell you what is the most galling thing. Chris Kavanagh was working VAR today. He was working on no. the game today. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. And, yeah. and, and at some point, the PG MOL will have to be, should be called out on this. Before they've admitted mistakes, Rob. You yeah, know, like, yeah. Like big, and we know, we know we people make wrong. mistakes and, and things can be uh, subjective. But, but when you're wrong, hold your hand up. Yeah, it, it was a shocker. And, and the Everton fans, I, I can't imagine Well, it, it, it's a point drop, Rob. And, and, and teams stay up or go down by points. It, it's a point in the. It's three points in the title race for for Man City that they might not have got, and it's a point for Everton that they might have got that might in, in at the end of the season be crucial. Mm. Yeah, but the City did get the three points. Uh, yeah. Gives them a little bit more um, breathing space. Six points now. A mm. uh, couple of games in hand, isn't it? They have over them, or one game in hand now. They played the extra game because Liverpool played in the final. Yeah. But yeah, but of course, critical for Manchester City, frustrating mm. for Everton. Um, but yeah. But interesting. Anyway, next game, my friend. Leeds next United game, nil. Headline, my friend. Leeds well, headlines United everywhere. Nil. Tottenham, Tottenham four. four. Mm. Um, always a focus on this game. Marcelo Bielsa after uh, getting six put past them by Liverpool. Antonio Conte after the kind of working with the best group one week. Am I the right man the next week? Taking his team. What emotional controls he going to show over the game? So two very emotional. Big personality characters in, in the Premier League. So Leeds face Spurs and Spurs do a job on Leeds, actually, Rob. Conte makes use and tactically sort of plays on the naivety of Leeds, draws the fullbacks in all over the place, leaves space for runners in and, and then can see three in and ended, ended up being four, three at half times, four in the end. Um, and having conceded, was it 14 goals in the last three games? Mm. Pressure was on um, Bielsa and the Leeds ownership group as to what they were going to do about it. Well, it, it's so interesting, Rob, and there's so much really to talk about. I mean, the game, I suppose, maybe is, is less important than the decision made yeah. afterwards. Yeah. All I know is that on my notes, my last line of my notes is Leeds owners might pull the trigger. Mm. Now, mm. my first line is Leeds are falling apart. You know, they've gone. There, there were no match for Spurs. Mm. I think we know the way that the manager was, was doing things. Um but the the defensive side, of course, have been shocking. They've had a they've had a difficult run, by the way. If you look back at the fixtures, yeah, the they've games, played quite yeah. a lot of tough games yeah. recently. Um, Stuart Dallas had a chance late on to go through to give him a lifeline that was, was blocked. I mean, they they created three good chances. It could have been mm. Leeds three, Spurs nine. It was that yeah. crazy a game. <laughs> but the shot went up to Radrioni, the the Leeds owner in the stand yeah. towards the end, Rob. And you know the, the camera then goes back the down to Bielsa. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, just finish on the game, Rob. For me, the, the fans like they, they were or they are still right behind him and the team. Yeah, they roared yeah, on that team in the second it's half. Incredible, Much more Rob. spirited performance. Leeds United in, in the second part of the second half. They kept going back. I don't uh, think Tottenham. I've ever seen anything mm. like that. that. That teams who are conceding as many goals as they are, sort of dropping as much as they are, being applauded and, and the mm. support for the team and the manager. It's incredible. It's an incredible mm. thing. And, and that's what sort of makes Leeds special. It's a special football club, Rob, you know, in, in many ways. But, as you said, it looked, it felt like there was a tough decision coming. And and, and, and before it happened, and Rebecca asked me, I said, the tough decision is, do you cross your fingers and hope this guy can keep us 17th and stay in the league and maybe we take a breath and, 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 and think again in the summer? Or do you make a really tough decision? And I went online last night because you try and get a, a, a feel of fans and things. And, you know, rumours were out. David Ornstein, our, our Premier League insider, was right over this, mate. By the time the whistle had gone, he said, big meeting at Leeds tonight. Bielsa's future in serious doubt. This was within seconds of the game. I mean, David's sources are, are, are category A, A+. plus. But my point was, Rob, when it, my, I would say... 70% of the Leeds fans and, and blogs and, and get feel around the Leeds Football Club would be prepared to go down with Bielsa. 
than for him to be sacked. 70, 65, 70%, I would say. I read some stuff, Rob, saying that fans would prefer to watch Bielsa football in the Championship. Yeah, yeah. Than grinding <laughs> away in the Premier League. Mm. I think, obviously, this is a massive, big, big call by the ownership and yeah, the director of football, yeah. Auto, mm. I think, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, uh, and I'll, tr- I'll just speak honestly what I feel, yeah. I think it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake because when you look at the table and you look at what they need, mm. they're going to need four wins. And this team has been built for whatever it is, two or three seasons now, yeah. to be this yeah. kind of end-to-end attacking athletic team. Mm. The goals aren't going to come from a centre-forward this season. Bam- Bamford's out. I'm not sure when he's yeah. going to come yeah. back. There's been decent numbers from the midfield players at Leeds United. The reason why they get decent numbers of goals is because they're allowed to run wild. And the mm-hmm. downside, the risk of that, of course, is being open defensively. They've conceded a ton of goals. I get that. What I worry about, and the decision's been made, yeah. again, I, I, I think I tweeted out in the middle of the game, I still fancy Leeds to find those four wins. They're playing Wolves and Newcastle. They're, play, they're playing winnable games, Rob. And mm-hmm. with that spirit and with that kind of support from the crowd and the backing of the manager, I think or thought they could have done it. Now, yeah. Leeds after Bielsa. And by the way, if they'd got relegated... I'm not saying that Bielsa would have wanted to stay on, yeah. but he's done it. He's gotten promoted before when many, many, many others have not got them promoted. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether he'd have had the stomach to go back in the championship yeah. to do it all again, but he's proven somebody that could have done that. Not now. He's out. Yeah. I worry that Leeds United, and it might be Jesse Marsh, and I know he's a, he's, yeah. <clears throat> he's a really good candidate. I worry that a a more organised, a tradition or, or a... Um, what's the word, a uh, conventional yeah. coach leads mm. is going to concede fewer goals, granted. But they're still going to concede goals because yeah. those, those centre-backs particularly aren't good enough. They're still going to concede goals, Rob. And mm. and, and and in that uh, process to make them stronger, they're going to be less likely to score. Rafinha's mm. going to be tracking back. Dan James Harrison's going to be doing the defensive side of things. Who's going to play up front? I, I doubt, well, I doubt, <clears throat> I question whether you can match that defensive organisational. It's, it's like, it's like they're, they're going to turn into Watford, are they? The new manager, Rob, I've finished now. The new manager has got to find a way to still retain, utilise yeah, yeah, those yeah, attacking midfield yeah. players' licence to get forward yeah. and score. Because if they mm, don't, and they're yeah. going to sit back and be defensively stronger yeah. and try and grind away to safety... Yeah. With what's been built and what's been learned by these players, if mm. the goals stop completely yeah. from the from the midfield players, which, which which can totally happen if you're if you're worried about shape, yeah, <clears throat> they're not going to win the four games. That's the call, and I'm telling you right now, if it would have been me, I would have I would have stuck with what they had. He's not in a relegation spot right now. They're sinking like a stone, but they've mm. had a really bad run of uh, some yeah. tough fixtures coming up. You know, they beat they beat, beat West Ham a few weeks ago, but anyway. The, the mm. decision's been made. We'll get yeah. a new manager. And and the only way this is as any sort of happy ending, of course, is if the new guy comes in and they, keeps well, them up. They've got to stay up, haven't they? Yeah. They've got to stay up. All. Yeah. It's interesting. So it's really interesting. It, it, it's a valid point. It's an interesting perspective because um, a couple of things on... Uh, interesting. Speaking with um, Tim Howard this week, obviously he's on the show. Tim knows Jesse Morse really well. Right. Um, got history with him, coached with him. He said been on some um, symposium with him, etc., etc. Now Jesse was, has been very much part of the Red Bull family, Salzburg yeah, clubs, um, yeah, Red, uh, New York, New York, and Leipzig. Mm. So mm. they've got a methodology, and he said their methodology actually is very close to Leeds front foot. Dro- uh, tactically going and pressing the ball. Nothing, nothing's close to Leeds. I can't, I'm not having it. Nothing's close to Leeds. Well, nothing's close to that man-to-man marking. It's front foot. It's aggressive closing. It, it's structured. We said with a bit more structure, with less man-man, man-to-man mark. So you don't get centre-backs who go in and, and follow people wherever they go. So Tim's view was, and again, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm don't shoot the messenger. Tim's view was... This might be an interesting appointment. Somebody who isn't going to change, isn't going to rip up what they've done before and turn, try and turn them into Watford or you know a Roy Hodgson style where we'll get behind the ball or Pulis or Sam, but we'll continue to be who we are. 
but we'll 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 change some of the other fundamentals in in, in how we might defend or how we might pick up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So again, I just said that's really interesting to him because because that's as much as who they pick, the style of football that yeah. they play is important, and 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 the way they go about it. And 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 let me just throw this one out there. If Pep Guardiola went into Leeds tomorrow, he's under pressure because of what Bielsa's done. This guy's been a hero. Well, again, I did a little bit of research. It's like, he's not just a hero for getting them up. He's not just a hero for the football they played to finish ninth West season. It's not for a hero that he, he built a gymnasium for the staff during the lockdown. and that. He, He's out in the community, Rob. He mm-hmm. meets people. He does stuff. It, people have said he's changed the city of Leeds, this guy, that he's more than just a football manager. And so that's what whoever's going to jump into this seat is going to have to contend with the legend that is Bielsa that's gone before them. And they've got to find their way of of adapting what Leeds do. My only other point I just wanted to make before I let you back in is the ownership group who we know, and remember we've had some of the uh, front office of the San Francisco 49ers, which took a, a bigger piece, I think, of Leeds now. I would have thought as an owner, you would have to be sitting up after the game and thinking, what do I do? Mm, I know. And, and, and I know. My, 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 my last point on this was, what do you think Bielsa? Do you, is, it, is it part of Bielsa who might have said, if, if that's the way you want to go, go. said mutual consent, and I think that's to preserve his reputation and all that he's done for the football club. But is there any part of Bielsa that might have said to They've had a conversation. Said you might be right. It might be better that somebody else. I, I don't think so, Rob. I don't think so. I think he wanted to see it through. I think it's a really, it is difficult, but it's a sad end. It's a sad way to end mm. this relationship. Oh, a sad end, yeah. You know, after a man that's got so many, moralistically is so strong, and his honesty and the way that he talks and the way that he coaches. Remember that game where he thought a goal, a goal, yeah. they benefited from a goal, yeah. and he let the yeah. other team. Was not it not in Forest? Not Forest. Won it, not twice in the yeah, to just yeah. go through and score mm. to to equal. So, uh, yeah, I just you know when I when I read about the the fan saying I'd rather, I heard a fan on the radio saying mm. I'd rather watch Biel the Bielsa's football has been spectacular for the mm. team and to get them in the Premier League. Um, but uh, but we also understand the ownership's point of view and and, and feeling they've got to do everything they can yeah. to stay in the league. So. Mm. We will see. We will see. They'll make an appointment. They need to make it immediately. I'm sure it's going to be Jesse Marsh, Rob. Fascinating. Yeah, Earn yeah. this right, this opportunity to coach at this level. Mm. What a club. What a size oh. of a job it is. Oh. Wow. So, mm. yeah. fascinating. We're just going to be on Spurs, Rob. Just going to yeah. be on Spurs. And, I mean, we could talk all day about some of these stories. Mm. Antonio Conte goes from exhilaration to crying, almost moaning and groaning about what his team are like and how bad they are and it's impossible so then a situation where they win 4-0 and some of the players look, look really, really good. I wish he'd just, you know, stop, <laughs> stop the crazy highs and lows and get on making your team better. You've got some decent players to work with there. They showed it in this game. Kane, Doherty's goal, his jumping son, yeah. the ball from Kane to son, everything else was fantastic. And I'll get to my underappreciated performer, Dayan Kurzewski, this young player that's come into the team on that right-hand side is underappreciated right now from what he can bring. And we didn't see a ton of him before he joined the club. Mm. I think he's joined on loan with a, with a view to a permanent... I think there's a fee ready to... to uh, yeah. I think he's, he's still only 21 years of age. I think he's super young. What a good player he looks like, Rob. Mm. What a good player he looks like in all regards, in defensive work, in being confident, sticks his chest out, really good with that left foot, tying things together, scores a brilliant goal in this game against Leeds United, almost scored an identical one a little later, comes inside on that left foot. I just think that that's a really good pickup and has made the team better. He's mm-hmm. on that right-hand side, Rob, in the front three, where it's always been Lucas Moura with his pace, yeah. etc. And now Kuluszewski looks like he's super mm. comfortable at this level. Isn't it funny, Rob? Some players come to this league yeah. and take such a long time to settle in and mm. do their thing. I mean, he looks like he's medi- ready-made for the Premier League yeah. with the way it's physical and quick and, and the quality that he you, shows. You get Havertz and you get a Werner who come in and it's taken them a while. I mean, you probably wouldn't say either of them quite settled yet. This kid, like you say, two or three yeah. games already looks like. He knows his position. He's really, really good. Knows where to be. Blocks Honest. off ball, gets forward. Lovely left foot. 
nice combination play with the front players. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. good, good decisions. Good he makes good decisions. He's yeah, got good, 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 good quality. Good yeah, I think he's going to be ahead of them. I think for Spurs, yeah. it seems like a really good pickup for them. Um, let's move it to Old Trafford, my friend, where. Manchester United were expected, I think, to get three points against the Watford team that have struggled. That Crystal Palace put four goals past it in midweek. Um, but it was a bit like a return to the bad old days of United dominate possession, couldn't take chances. I think I had 20 or 21, 22 shots in the end. Uh, frustrating day for the likes of um, Ronaldo, Bruno, and others. Um, United, if they're going to get there, Rob, it's just going to be a roller coaster ride, isn't it? If they're going to fourth, that I don't think this this group are going to be able to show the consistency that's going to be required to to be to be sure of finishing that fourth spot. Not to be sure, Rob, but I still I still think they can do it. I still think they can do it. Favourites? And it's interesting. Uh, I think probably Arsenal with the bookmakers yeah. would be favourites. I yeah. predicted United back in uh, mm, I did, but I'm day. getting a little bit worried. Well, I'm not changing now. I'm not changing. I think there's still enough there. Interesting, Rob, in this game, the build-up to this game, Ronaldo talked about wanting a striking partner, that it might be good to play two up front. Ooh. But that coincided with Pogba's back in form mm. and Bruno Fernandes yeah. meant they did go back to the 4-2-2-2, two, 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 my friend, in this game. I looked at it closely. I thought, yeah, that's how they started this game. You had Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba tucked in as those wide players, making the extra two. And you had Alanga playing up front with Ronaldo. Now, through through the game, of course, they created some stuff. They they didn't take chances. Alanga had uh, a great chance early on. Poor yeah. finishing, Rob, is what's hurting the team. Mm. Defensively, I mean, I know it's only Wat- Watford, but... No real issues. They did a pretty good job of being compact, working well without the ball. Maguire so on the bench, interestingly. <clears throat> I don't know if that was yeah. resting or didn't didn't know why, but interesting. I just thought. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't mind the. I, I, I like that. I like Lindelof mm. and, and Varane in that in those positions. Um, and through the game, Rob. I mean, you can't say that Ralph Ragnick doesn't change things. He went. So of course, I'm a I'm a, a geeky with this stuff, aren't I? He, he went. He then went to four two three one with a change with some subs, and then he went to four three three, and then he went some back something else. And you had Bruno with Pogba, and you had Rashford and Alanga and Ronaldo. Yeah, and he took them all on, every, didn't it? One Sancho. <laughs> I mean, he he in in that in that. You know, sometimes managers, you know, we moan about like don't make mm. enough changes. Well, he does. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's a bad result for United at home against Watford. It's a bad result. But again, it's just the final piece, Rob, that's letting them down because I think some of the build-up play, some of the creative players doing their thing, it's just they, they're not creating, I guess. I mean, you can say this poor finishing of individuals. Maybe they're not creating good enough chances. I don't know. But they should mm-hmm. have won this game with the chances that they had. Yeah. I mean, wow. Like, there's, was it 20-odd shots or something again? And they're mm-hmm. just not scoring. Ronaldo had a... Had a had a bit of a nightmare game. Couldn't finish without opportunities. As I said, Alanga had a couple of really good opportunities. It's just, it's just not getting the job done mm-hmm. in the final third, which is what you'd expect that they've got. The, some of the names they've got, you'd yeah. think that's where they should they should kind of um, excel, but they're just not doing it at the moment. But it's not for the manager's lack of trying to throw every option of systems and attackers to make it happen. No, I don't think I'd ever be, be lack of trying with Ralph Ragnick. He... he, he... He's obviously one of them who likes to go to work, likes to coach, likes to bring his tactics and, and hopefully that his team can, can employ them when they play. Tell you one thing is starting to, to irk with me, Rob, the Ronaldo face every now and then or the face <laughs> at the end of the game. I, I'm, I'm, it's starting just to, OK, we know you're the GOAT, we know that, but, you know, stop that. It's not helping anyone. Body language and giving out messages. And I've never liked that, as a, you know, with teammates who've, who've play to the crowd and pull the face and get in mm. the camera. Just, just get on and put the ball in the back. And that's what you've done brilliantly throughout your career. And that's what is will that, help is that, is that still the problem position? And I say that yeah. with respect to Ronaldo. He scored some mm. brilliant goals. He's been yeah. the attacker's top goal scorer one in, whatever. One in his last 10 though, Rob. Yeah. I know. It's just like, it's, it's still feel that Manchester United. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know. That, that's going to be, that's, you know, there's talk this, you know, possibly him, him leaving in there if he wants to have a chance to go back and play Champions League football or something. I read recently mm-hmm. that he might have the option to be able to leave or this or that. I mean, centre forward uh, position, I know Cavani's there, but he's probably, you know, with age going to yeah. be moving on yeah. as well. 
we're, we're not sure of, of, of if they've got that 20 goal striker, have we? Well, that's right. If there's one, well, there's a load of clubs that want Erlen Haaland, Rob, from yeah. Borussia yeah. Dortmund. Man United could do with him. Man, mm. Man United could do with Harry Kane. Man United could yeah. do with, they could do with a, with a, I don't know, just just a, a almost proven scorer. I mean, Ronaldo's mm. been a proven scorer, but it, it, this striking position, his age right yeah. now, it's just, yeah. and I know he's done great, and I know the United fans love yeah, him. Yeah, he's great. He's, but there's yeah. got to be, the, the, mm. United fans want a new, exciting, younger yeah. striker to get yeah. behind, and for the other young attacking mm. players, and your Brunos and others, whoever's going to be there, can link with. So, I mean, when you're 0-0 against Watford, you've got to look at the attacking players and what they've done, and... Uh, mm. That was a disappointing part for me, where the general play was was pretty good. Yeah. It's just that that last little detail wasn't wasn't up to the level you'd expect. Okay, mate. We'll start to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, let's go to um, London Stadium, West Ham United versus Wolves. Two teams still with the hope of trying to take that fourth spot. Wolves obviously coming off the two-one defeat late against Arsenal midweek, which was no doubt draining physically and emotionally. It was a free week for West Ham. David Moyes before the game, Robin said. I want to see my team stop sort of struggling and, and to, to win games and, and get back on top and, and, and be a little bit more front foot and possession-based mm. and a little bit more exciting to watch. Mm. I'm not sure they were quite that in the end, but probably the better team, but more energetic. I didn't think they were great up front. Looked a little bit flat in the front areas of the pitch. Mikel Antonio is going through a little bit of a tough time for him. I think it's two goals in 17 now in the mm. Premier League, something like that. So, so not quite firing for him. But they got the job done, Rob. They got the goal. Thomas Suchek, who was important last season, got 10 goals last season, gets his fourth today on his birthday, which was great for him. And in the end, it was enough to get all three points and keep them in the race. Well, they're two points behind Manchester United now, same games played. Hmm. Yeah, I, I disappointed with the game, actually. Disappointed. Mm. I thought the first half was, you know, wasn't much of a game. Second half, I think West Ham definitely stepped mm. up a little bit. And I know Mikel Antonio came off later, Rob, in the... Yeah, subbed off later in the game and got mm. a really nice ovation from the crowd. Yeah, but but he's it, yeah he's just he's just he looks a little bit tired, Rob, or mm. he's he's just not the same kind of real threat that we saw earlier in the season. I mean, he still yeah. works hard and he'll still yeah. do his thing, and he's a, he's a nuisance for defensive, and, and and of course he's got the talent, the ability, and, and everything else. It's just he's he doesn't look like I don't know did well for the goal. I get yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is, it, it, of course, an important three points for West Ham. And at this point in the season, I think this is more he's going to be grinding now. He's going to yeah, be grinding yeah, now because you yeah. aren't going to see the slick and the mm-hmm. silky at this point. It's been a long season. They've had a brilliant, brilliant season that they've had. Yeah. Are they playing with the same kind of verve and the same sparkle? Mm. They're not. But Wolves are a tough team defensively, yeah. you know, and they got the job done. So well done, West Ham. Still mm. in there fighting for that top four. Uh, but Mikel Antonio, can he go again, Rob? Can he yeah. kind of... I don't know, bring 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 some real quality to that attack and start yeah. scoring more goals. Bowen is doing such an amazing yeah, job and is a really key goal for someone yeah. to check today. But, but yeah, mm. a win, um, but not not the, one of the not best great, games no. of the weekend. Just no. want to um, quick mention as well. I just want to mention. I think I did on the on the book as well. Declan Rice, by the way, Rob is, is an absolute doom. Twenty three years of age, mature, huh. can hmm. play. Is getting forward. Is starting to look bigger goal threat. The way he conducts himself, the interviews after, holding the Yarmolenko shirt. I mean, proper top class. Well, we've said it. How long have we been saying that for? Proper, mate. Proper. But the more you see him, the more impressed you get. You know, as as a young player today who's got everything, as part of the England setup, he's got everything you need in in the modern game, but humble and good with his teammates. And yeah, yeah, just thought we we should, you know, we're picked to. Criticise some players in certain situations. I think we should be just as quick to to, to admire somebody like uh, Declan Rice, who's a, a model pro and, and a brilliant asset for, for West Ham United. And, and, and a mean, valuable one. And a valuable yeah, one. So, yeah, you know, they're talking about 120 million time. pounds, yeah, maybe. Yeah, which somebody would have to spend if they're going to take yeah. it from West yeah. Ham. Let's yeah. get to the other results, mate. And there was a important game at, at West, in West London. Brentford hosting Newcastle. So, tinted Brentford on, on the slide. Newcastle going in the other direction. Two goals early from New, uh, in the first half. Joe Ellington with a beautiful header. Good header. And then he yeah. runs the length of the pitch to celebrate. I thought it was brilliant. And, and that's a player who's had his criticism over the time. And fair play to him and to Eddie Howe, what he's doing. Joe Willett gets his second goal. He's starting to score all of a sudden. Looked more like the player we saw last season. 
Um, and in the end, the two goals first half were enough. And the points went to Newcastle and the plaudits go to Eddie Howe. But I have to, at this point, say my underappreciated player of the week uh, was the moment that Christian Eriksen, um, who we know has joined Brentford, uh, returned back to Premier League football. And I think we all can remember eight months ago, Rob, when he was playing for the Danish national team and the scenes of his, his teammates surrounding him in, on the pitch and, and people in tears and emotions and, and all the drama that was going on. And you know, apparently he'd come out and said that you know, nearly five minutes his heart stopped. And I, I, at that time, I think we were, we're thinking, you know, please God, everything be, be, be OK for him and be healthy. But to see him back on a football pitch, uh, the ovation he got from both sets of fans, his family were there, he said he, his mother had travelled to, to come. Um, I just thought was was one of the great moments of the weekend in, in a time when we were having difficult times all over the world and, and, and issues going on in football. But I just thought that was a really bright moment, Christian Eriksen turning back to Premier League football uh, for Brentford. It's a great shout. And it's a nice kind of, just an appreciation of an amazing footballer. Mm. An amazing footballer. Now he's, he's basically shown us he's an amazing human being. Yeah. After going through what he went through to be as hungry and as, as determined to get back playing mm. at the top level again is admirable. And you're right. I mean, of all the stuff that's going on right now, wow, we need we need some kind mm. of good good news stories. And that really is one. So it's a good shout, Christian Eriksen. Yeah. Um, not enough to get the points on the day. Newcastle United yeah. um, are doing what cool. I think some of us thought they might and go on a run. Yeah. Four wins out of the last yeah. five. Get I wasn't so sure, I've got to be honest, Rob. Yeah. I mean, like they're 14th now, 25 points and looking upwards. Uh, I wasn't so sure they could put... I thought the, the win will come, the draw, the loss. I thought it would still be a bit patchy, but I played to Eddie Howe. He's done mm. a really good job and, and they're looking upwardly mobile. Uh, just for you, the other results, Crystal Palace won, Burnley won, Palace won 0 up, um, and Burnley come back to it courtesy of an own goal. Sean Dyche and his team just picking up points, Rob, just continuing to keep a little bit of momentum going, Burnley. Well, they are, and I'm looking at the league table now. You know, Burnley's still got it on. They've got mm. a couple of games in hand on two new teams that, that we, we've, with. Well, I mean, this is kind of relegation chat now, Rob, but Brentford yeah. and Leeds. Uh, are really in trouble. They're really in trouble. Brentford are on 24 points. Leeds are on 23. And it's so funny, isn't it? I, I remember a few months ago thinking, Brentford going to be okay. Be fine, but what yeah. they got up front, yeah. the energy, yeah. the manager, yeah. they got they got to find a way of mm. going again. And Leeds United, we've talked about them. They've got to find a way of, of stopping this, this, this awful decline and try yeah. and find a way out of it. But they and Everton are now into it because with Burnley... And the front players just starting to click a little bit. Only one yeah. goal, of course, against Palace. But you yeah. feel that they're on a bit of a run. I, I think Watford and Norwich are going to have too much on. I don't mm. know. Norwich just mm. going through their result. Norwich got not lost out of Southampton away. At, yeah. Um, Friday, Friday night. Mary's yeah. Friday, Friday night, night game 2-0. Yeah. Southampton's continue. They're in the top 10 now, Southampton. So yeah, really going nicely. Norwich are going to struggle. Uh, mm. Brighton nil, Villa 2. Rob is another result. We're just going through some of these other yeah, results. Yeah, big one for Stevie G. Um, First win yeah, in seven, it. wasn't it? Need yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, yeah I need it a little bit. Um, but yeah, but the bottom of the table, I think what's mm. great about it is where we look at the table now, Rob, is that in all areas, it's going to be a fun watch. Race, it, top four, bottom. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah championship. Could, could go right to uh, the, the last game of the season, couldn't it? You see all those, the four teams buying for four space. There's a yeah. title race. Those two yeah, aren't going to lose too many going. games. And six, no. six, probably six teams down at the bottom might just be fighting out. So mm. we, we're playing for a, a bumper end to the season. Listen, mate, it's the end of the podcast. A busy one at that. Mm. Uh, what a weekend in the Premier League. Uh, Leeds lose to Spurs and then Bielsa loses his job. United draw blank with Watford and lose a bit of a grip on four spot. Man City find a way to win 1-0 against Everton despite them having a stonewall penalty. Not given. And just to add a little bit of drama, Roman Abramovich hands stewardship of Chelsea Football Club to the trustees, who apparently are not sure they want it, as spotlight falls on the Russian owner. Oh, and Liverpool, they won the uh, League <laughs> Cup at Wembley today. After not a really, weekend, lengthy, English after really lengthy penalty shootout and Kepa coming on to save penalties and actually misses the one that gives Liverpool the cup. It was that kind of weekend. Listen, we'll be back on Thursday, March the 3rd. We're going to review the fifth round of the FA Cup that's happening midweek and then we'll look ahead to match week 28 when there's a big game in Manchester at the Etihad, City versus United. But for now, I'm Earl, he's Musty. Together with the two Robbies, thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. I'm going to go sit in a dark room and give my head a rest. <laughs> it's a good night for me. 
and it's good night from him. Good, good night. night.